Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always from the quarantine out east, Ethan Carter. What's up, Vincent? How you doing, man? I'm starting to get stir crazy. Uh, being yeah. honest with you, I'm starting to get stir crazy. Well, and we, and we were talking about right before we got on. The weather's been nuts too, so it's just like a combination of bad weather and not being being cooped up. And I feel, it's, like, the, I feel it's, like the old yeah. guy yelling at the cloud. But it's like <laughs> yesterday. So yesterday in New York, and I, I'm assuming it was the same by you. It was absolutely stunning. The yeah, sun beautiful. was out. It was like 65 degrees. It was gorgeous. Yep. I I walked to the post office, which is like a three mile walk. It was awesome. Yep. Then this morning I woke up and all hell was breaking loose outside my windows. Like I couldn't even see out the front window of my house for most of the day. It's yeah. just it's been it's been nuts. Yeah, exactly. Same from the uh, I rolled the table saw out just to cut things because I wanted to cut things and be outside. You know, it was like one of those yesterday, and then today it's like I didn't even dare go down to the mailbox because there's branches flying everywhere. It was nuts. So. No, I actually only went outside today just to get my garbage pail because I was worried about finding it down the block <laughs> right. this yeah. evening. It's just like enough, enough. Yep. And then <clears throat> it stopped. The sun came out. I'm sitting there watching a little TV, just relaxing before dinner. And Beth goes outside. She's like, oh, it's beautiful outside. It's nice out. Comes in. We start eating dinner. And it just starts pouring again. It's Ugh. like, what the hell happened? What yeah. is going on? Can we just, can we deal with, like, just the virus or just the weather? Like, <laughs> exactly. Do we have One thing to at a time. With... All right. Yeah. Holy crap. I'm starting to lose my mind. <laughs> uh, but luckily we had the podcast, which is always oh, a, it just a bright unites... spot on my Monday night. Exactly. It, all, it unites all. It brings all of us together. And it brought somebody else to us. It did. So, uh... I always tell stories of how I first find people on YouTube, <laughs> and the guy that we're talking to tonight, um, this is actually a funny story. I, don't, I, I got home from my parents' house. Um, Beth and I went to my parents' house, and I was in a really foul mood, like in a, just in a, just like, because, you know, I went to my parents' house, and <laughs> that's what happens. And I'm, I'm sitting on the couch, and I'm like, I'm just going to put on YouTube and zone out until I pass out. And... I wasn't in the mood to like flip through my subscriptions and YouTube recommends me. I want to say it was a cake plate video. That's what I want to say. It was the cake plate video. And I'm like, all right, what the hell? Let's watch. And I'm watching it. And the guy on this video is just making just wisecrack after wisecrack. And I'm just laughing my ass (laughs) off. And I'm in a, remember, I'm in a really foul mood and I'm sitting there laughing and Beth's like, well, you, you seem to have, your mood seems to have improved. I'm like, you got to see this guy. He's freaking hysterical. So we start, and I, I think that weekend, from that point backwards, we watched pretty much all of his videos in like a weekend and caught up on his entire back catalog of videos. <laughs> binge watched. Literally binge watched as if there was a virus threatening humanity. <laughs> um, Mark, uh, I am, I've been excited to get him on the show. Because he's one of the more creative people on YouTube, one of the more interesting people. And Absolutely. we always talk about one of the things, and it's not an insult, trust me, when you hear who it is, you're going to understand, but we always talk about failing forward and how mm-hmm. to turn a failure into a positive. And as far as makers on YouTube go, I've never seen anyone integrate failure into the process as well as Peter Brown. Hi, Peter. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, it's... You are, you are one of the more entertaining people on YouTube, by far. <laughs> like, I love, you, you make me laugh in every video, and it's fantastic. Well, and, and, and I was thinking about what I would say about your videos, and I had the same, same thought, is one of the things I always respect, and, and I feel like I learn the most from, is when, 
when it's the problem solving and the and the troubleshooting you do that so well and and you never give up and yeah so uh, hands yeah. down uh, great great videos and uh, yeah I'm just pumped to have you on it's been it's been uh, I've been eager to have you on <laughs> thank you very much well it's nice to actually socialize with other human beings considering that I've been <laughs> stuck in a very small circle for the last uh, 28 days which oh, I'm sure yeah, we right. all have been. <laughs> You know, I was thinking. I was thinking about how it feels here, and I was like, and then I, you know, you were one of the first people I was watching who actually was openly talking about being like quarantined, right? And I'm like, oh man, he's just had a rough couple of years. Like you had the fires, and you were basically in your house just hoping for the best, and then you had now you have this, and you're in your house just hoping for the best. And it's like Jesus, <laughs> it's just a one-two punch of just constant just suckiness <laughs> <laughs> yeah well santa rosa actually has been through two natural national disasters in three years so it's unbelievable um, it, yeah i mean it, it, is it weird to say we're starting to become used to it because right. we're starting to become yeah. used to it yeah. which is yeah. weird it's yeah. awful it's it's, it's right. a it's horrible awful. thing <laughs> and it's becoming normal <laughs> have you have you lived there your whole life uh, no, I I, uh, I moved up to Northern California when I was uh, ten. I always okay. say that. that that always sounds weird. My parents moved up to Northern California when I was ten. <laughs> I can imagine you moving they up made me come. like a hobo stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew up in um, in Santa Monica, California. Okay. Oh wow. Oh, We've always been West Coast though. Always been West Coast. Yeah. I always tell, and I told Ethan I mm-hmm. went to Cal. Mm-hmm. I just went to California in December, and I was in Santa Monica for one night, and I was like. I, I always tell everyone that if I could live in a place that isn't New York, I would want to live in Santa Monica. I just, I love Santa Monica. Yeah, I absolutely love Santa Monica. It's one of my favorite places to go outside of this city. Well, it's, I was just going to say, so one of the things is uh, we're coming up on my busy, usually busy travel time for work. And uh, California is one of my areas that I always travel to. And I, I just kind of realized today that I'm not going to get to get out there and it's mm. it's it's super disappointing it's uh because I, I love my trips out there it's it's so beautiful out there and it's just everything the restaurants the the i don't know the weather everything is great except for i guess the fires and <laughs> all the natural <laughs> and the disasters. cost of living right and cost of living exactly, yeah, oh my exactly. God. it's so exp- it's it's a you know it's funny for someone in new york to look at a place and go wow it's expensive here. <laughs> like it's freaking expensive in california i yeah I look at just even the gas prices. I'm they just blow my mind. Like right now, um, the gas station closest to my house gas is two oh six, and it's like wow, that's right. that's some cheap gas right there. And it's gonna probably end up getting a lot cheaper before this is all over too. Yep. There's nobody on the road. It's just it's so strange. <sighs> I was supposed to be. I, fun fact: I was supposed to be in Vegas this upcoming weekend for that wedding. And oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's not happening, and I'm not going to get to hang out with my friend who's going to be a guest on the show in a couple of weeks. And I'm not going to, I'm not going out to, probably not going to be going out to Minnesota this summer. It's just like enough. Stop taking things away from me. Right now, me. right. So, uh, anyway, but on to the yeah. Enough of my bitter crap, right? <laughs> so, Peter, we we know what you do on YouTube. Um, we love what you do on YouTube. But we don't know a whole lot about Peter Brown, the person. So why don't you give us a sh- like a little bio just so we can feel like we know you a little better? Uh, okay. Um, I mean, 
I'm pretty much the guy in the video. Uh, <laughs> I, why am I not surprised? I, I, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was hope I was expecting that answer actually, so yeah. I should have known better. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, you know, um, and then most of that comes from just being a really bad editor. And <laughs> I just hate editing so much, so uh, I pretty much just leave everything in that I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a um, you know, I'm a geek. I'm a computer geek, um, and I've been working with computers for like 25 years. And um, the only reason I, I have a YouTube channel is because um, I, I, was, I had a shop, and um, I made wood turnings and, and, and pens and bottle stoppers and whatever. And I just got bored of it. I just hated it. It, it wasn't fun anymore. And so I stopped doing it. And so um, one day I was watching um, videos and um, this guy, Jimmy Duresta, popped up <laughs> and he was making this hatchet in this dirty, cramped, unlit shop. And he made, you know, a, a handle for the hatchet and uh, he, he did the leather work on it and he made a, a, a whatever, a case like thing for it. And, and it was amazing. I was just like, oh my gosh, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I have a bad camera and I have a poorly lit shop. I, <laughs> I think I can do this. <laughs> and so, yeah, my very first video is basically a Jimmy Duresta knockoff video. And when people actually watched it and there was comments and I responded to those people and I was just like, this, this is, this is exactly what I was missing, you know? Yeah. This lonely guy in a shop making things for a business that doesn't really want them, you know, to, <laughs> to get a couple bucks that I don't really need. It, it sucked. But making a video and having people actually enjoy it and respond and communicate with me w was so much more fun. And it clicked, right? I mean, we, oh we've gosh. talked about that before. It just like it's some. It just clicks. It's like this is what I was missing, or something, right? It was. It was my. Yeah. It was my community, and I, I didn't know I didn't need. I didn't know I needed it. Right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So you know. So I'm still a computer guy. I still play video games. Um, but now you know, a couple times a week, I go out to my wood shop and do something stupid, um, <laughs> and film it, <laughs> and it's fun. <laughs> you. How did you end up, so your, your specialty has been, I mean, over the years, you seem to have kind of honed in on, on resin and turning. How did, you, how did you gain all the knowledge you have about resin? Because when I literally, when I think of resin, I think of you. So how did you gain all this knowledge about resin? Did someone like hold your hand and show you? Did you just start Googling and learn it? Like, how did you get to know as much as you know about us to be as specialized as you are? I mean, I, I don't know if I would consider myself specialized, but I, I, I've learned it all from the channel. So uh, years ago on my channel, I made a colored pencil ring and it was my first big video. It was my first video that went viral. I shared mm -hmm. it on Reddit and it made it to the front page. And um, I had a, an Etsy page at that point in time. And I had a thousand orders for $50 colored pencil rings. Oh my God. And wow. I went, that's what I said. I panicked. <laughs> yeah. I panicked because I couldn't recreate it. Uh, the one I made was too fragile to sell, and I, I didn't want to sell something that was garbage. I just didn't. Just because it looked pretty doesn't mean it was useful. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do to fix this? So again, I went back to, you know, uh, my Jimmy DeResta 
a backlog and he always used West systems for everything. So I was like, well, I'll buy a bottle of that and see if I can fix it with that. And so I bought a gallon of West system and um, it didn't fix the colored pencil ring. But then I had a gallon of West systems in the shop and I didn't know what to do with it. So I just was like, well, I guess I should make something out of this. <laughs> and so I made, um, I made a blue jean micarta bracelet and that was my first oh, foray into that. resin. Yeah, and if you I watch that, that video, video it's yeah, a disaster. Too, yeah. <laughs> it's a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was my first real experience with resin. And so then, you know, the more videos I made, um, the, the less resin was in that gallon container. By the time I got to the end of it, I was like, well, that was fun. I should buy another one. And mm. I haven't, I have not had, um, I have, I have not been without resin in the shop since. <laughs> so. I, I feel like you were ahead of the curve with the resin. I yeah. think that's, I mean, part of, I mean, part of your success, but also part of, you know, just understanding that there was something there, at least from the outside. It, it seems like it, uh, like, I mean, when did you, when was that, uh, the bracelet project? 2013? Yeah. Maybe? I mean, come on. That five, was like, it's coming up as five years yeah, ago. On, I feel like on a year and a half, two years ago is when resin started to really like pop off on May 30th, 2014. He did the, wow. That was oh, wow. such a beautiful bracelet when it was done. <laughs> I really liked it. Well, I love, I love the fact that you could like, you, you enjoyed the fact and you, and you did, made the decision to not finish it because you could feel the, the denim through it. Like that's a really cool aspect. Yeah, I think I, I dig how I dig how you've like okay so you have 2.1 million views on a on your colored pencil ring it blows up it goes huge and then you don't do jewelry again for a couple of videos like you don't so I like that you didn't you don't just double go, down yeah yeah you didn't just go oh well this is all I'm gonna do from now on like I'm mm-hmm. just gonna do jewelry now because I I gotta say a lot of people. I, I, I know I would, and I'm speaking for myself here. Mm-hmm. If something I did went completely nuts like that, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm just making rings for the rest of my life. I'm going to be the next, um, what's his name? The, the Patrick kid. Adair. Patrick yes. Adair, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the next Patrick Adair now. I'm just going to sit here and make rings forever. So how, how tempting was it to just go, that's a, that was a success. It'd be so easy to just go to the well a few more times. And did you have to resist that? Or was it just like, nah, I'm done with that. I'm moving on. I, I guess for me, my YouTube channel has always been a place for escape mm-hmm. and I've never, may, maybe I shouldn't say never, but I, I've rarely considered ever taking it full time. There was a handful of times where my job, my, my nine to five job sucked and I was like, I, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. But for the most part, my YouTube channel is always supposed to have been a hobby. And so if I turn my hobby into a job, then I've got to find a new hobby. <laughs> right, right. And I, I, I like this hobby, so I don't want to, I don't want to make it a job. So I, I, I have always kind of been like, I want to do the things I want to do. Um, and that was just a personal preference because, um, because I'm lazy and I don't want to find another hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, okay. I also love that your videos, and, and I, again, this is like, you buck a lot of trends. You just do, Right. Most of your videos are under 10 minutes, which is unheard of, you know, especially in the maker community. Everybody's trying to make longer and longer and longer videos and do, you know, three hour live streams where they (laughs) unbox, unbox a tool piece by piece or everybody's trying. And you're just you're not doing that. I don't I'm not. This is me just going. I don't understand. Like, how how are you resisting like 
every trend. Like I don't. Well, I again, I think it. I think it comes down to what's your motivation. And a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, the motivation for having a YouTube channel is not to share what they have. It's to make a living or to make money doing it. And that's right. fine. There's nothing wrong with that no, motivation. Right. But it's not my motivation, which means I don't have to put in mid-roll ads. And mm-hmm. I, I never have because, you know, um, uh, I, and that's the only reason to have a, a video that's longer than 10 minutes is so you have the ability to put in a mid-roll ad. Right. Um, so, okay, fair you enough. know, I, I say I say no thank you to, uh, you know, sponsorships from gaming uh, mobile games I don't uh, play. Yeah, you're the only person I know that hasn't done an ad for Raid Shadow Legends. I, I, <laughs> I've never played the game. I don't know why I would recommend it. <laughs> um, I love Audible. I, I use it, so I recommend it, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I love, I, I never, I've never slept on uh, a, a mattress that could be shipped through the mail, so I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend one. Uh, it, it's just, it's just because I have a nine to five um, that, I don't have to make those choices. And right. it's it for me, it has actually given me a lot of liberty in my channel. And um, I'm a I'm a big time advocate of the part time YouTuber. And I think that regardless of your channel size, a, a part time YouTuber is a, a good thing. I think it's a really good thing. It, it helps to keep you sane and and you don't have to worry about, you know, YouTube paying your rent. Right, Probably you can actually do the projects that you like. You, yeah. Like you said, you can do the projects that you want to do, and not have to worry about what's going to pop off and or go or go viral. Right? Yeah, yeah. For me, I I personally have I have no interest in a river table. I you know I, mm-hmm. I don't personally like the way they look, and so I will never make one, and I don't have to. Right. Right. So I can just say no, thank you. <laughs> but there's Which lots of channels funny. out there you can go watch one if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because your things are woodworking and resin, and it would be oh like, yeah, how have you? Done? If anyone was gonna make one, somebody's think, internally right. screeching at your channel, like, damn it, make a river table. My OCD <laughs> requires a river table on this channel somewhere. So, well, you did. Can I ask? So we, yeah. we I uh, mentioned this before we got started. I wanted to ask you a question because you have taken every material I've seen and used resin with it. Um, and so one of the things I've been kicking around and I'm, I don't, I haven't seen you do it, but I might not, I might've missed it. But one of the things I do a ton of leather work, but like kind of unnecessary leather is what I call it. That's um, fantastic. And have you, have you done any like epoxy with leather and, and like what rec- how I'm, tr- I want to do it, but I'm not sure exactly. I've, I've started experimenting, but I haven't figured it out yet. So do you have any recommendations? Yes. Uh, I actually got a bunch of leather scraps from a cobbler about two years ago, and it's in my bin of things I'm going to do awesome. real soon now, which means who knows when. Uh, <laughs> so what what type of object were you thinking about making out of it? Well, so, I mean, there's a... I, I just want to... Ex- I, I love doing random out there projects, too. And so, but... The first one that came to mind, and you know, I someone will probably steal this and do it before me now. But I wanted to do so. Uh, you know, the maker knife, Jacko's maker knife. Absolutely. Um, so you know how everyone, you know, uh, you know like Paul Jackman did the uh, pallet wood faceplate for it. I wanted to do a leather faceplate for it, and I could just do that out of regular leather. But I wanted, I wanted it to be hardened, you know? Um, and so that was one idea, but I also think there's something, I think there could be something there to be able to 
put the epoxy on it, wrap uh, wrap the leather around something, you know, a, a form, and create kind of 3D sculpture type ideas or, you know, light shade, uh, lampshades and th- that type of thing. Yeah, I think that would work really well. I mean... But leather kind of does that already, doesn't it? Like boiled leather and wet leather. Yeah, oh yeah, you can you can boil it. You can do the wet forming and stuff like that. But I just, I, it, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it'd be cool to have it hardened by the epoxy. I think so too. I've seen people uh, stack it like you would with a birch paper birch knife handle. Okay. Yeah. And I've seen people cut it into squares and stack it, um, and then under comp- let it cure under compression, and then you know. Basically, I'm a turner, so turn it, but you could sand it at that point or whatever else. Um, that might be kind of neat, too, uh, if you, you know, if you cut it into tiny little strips and made it into like like a, um, a pallet wall, kind of tiny pallet okay, wall. Okay, yeah. And then you could actually have a, uh, um, whatever, a small blank out of it. And then you would basically be getting, you know, um, what would that be? Like edge on leather. And that might look really cool, too. Oh yeah. I would be, so do you think it, like, is there any way though? So, you know, the, the finished side of a piece of leather and then there's the flesh side, do you have to soak the whole thing? Do you think, or do you, can you put like, could you apply it to one to the flesh side and let it soak in? And do you think that would harden it? It might. Yeah. It depends on the resin. It might. Um, you would definitely want a really thin resin to see if you can get it to penetrate, um, you know, or to do it under, under some sort of, uh, vacuum in a vacuum presser under okay under pressure but if you had a really thin resin i I bet it would penetrate in it might even surprisingly enough it might even penetrate more in from the flesh side all the way through to the finish side huh i don't know oh cool you you work with with leather a lot more than me what 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 would you know when you when you moisten it with wood uh, with water um you could do that on either side right yeah, no, that's actually a good point. Like when you when you uh, when you you know wet form or anything like that, the finished side stays finished. It doesn't it doesn't like mess it up. So yeah, I bet you know what? Well, exactly. I should experiment and just go for it like you do. So <laughs> I think that sounds like fun. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I love talking about it. Cool. Kinda wanna, All right. Kind of want to let you know. My and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and if you do it, I can't wait to see it. So. I can just, I'm just imagining, just hearing you guys talk, I'm just imagining like the be, like bent wood lamination type stuff done with leather. That's, a, I guess that's what, uh, outside of the uh, maker knife, that's, I think that's kind of what I was thinking, kind of a bent wood um, type project. Yeah. I'm just that envisioning like really boost. cool. Yeah. There you go. See, you come on, we give. We're a giving, <laughs> we're a giving lot. <laughs> I have, I had to ask about one of your recent videos because I was riveted to the TV as I was watching it. And it was the one with the, with the, um, ferrish, the ferrite shavings and the, um, magnetic, the, the magnetic line of force videos. That's what oh, yeah, yeah. That thing was fascinating. And the fact that you were able to capture that movement in resin, I, I, where did you even get the idea <laughs> for that from? That was, it was so damn interesting. I'm just sitting there totally geeking out like, it's working, it's working, it's working. <laughs> I, I did not think that was going to work. Which is <laughs> Neither did I. The, I had no idea that that was going to work. Um, so that has actually been a comment that I've gotten on my channel for probably the last two or three years. Uh, people asking me to do just that. And I have just kind of thought, okay, you know, I wrote it down. I have a, um, uh, what are they called? I have a field notes mm-hmm. that my, my friend gave me a field notes and I keep all my 
my ideas in it. And so it's been in that field notes for a long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, it's time to finally try it. It's, you know, I'm making quick videos. We're, we're in lockdown. So if, if the video doesn't do well, it's not the end of the world. Um, and yeah, to have it actually work was a super surprise. <laughs> and it did well too. That was, I mean, that's a great video. Yeah. 237,000 views on this I'm video. Super happy with that. That's awesome. Uh, have, we, uh, I, I filmed a, a follow up to it, but that all, it, it, it that was a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute train wreck. Right. So. A, a train wreck to the level where you won't even post it, which is, uh, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever have you ever done a video where you're like, oh, this is going to be so good, everyone's going to love it, and it just falls like... All the or, time. Yeah? All the time. Yeah. No, my, my wife and I have a thing where she just, she goes, this video's going to do well, and I'm like, no way. And it, you know, it Pops skyrockets. Right. And I'm like, this one I'm super proud of. And everybody hates it. <laughs> So how do you deal with that, though? Because I, I feel like, I mean, you know, on a, I only have a couple, you know, my YouTube channel is small, but on Instagram, I do the same thing. You know, I, I got to the point where I just accepted the fact that even if I think it's a brilliant post or a brilliant project, you just have to, you can't <laughs> control it. What? Modestly. Yeah. No. I think this is brilliant. Yeah, no, exactly. But no, you're super proud of it, right? You're super proud of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just does nothing and then and then you do a silly stupid one and it goes you know not viral but it goes it does really really well and it's just like i don't know it took me a while to get to the point where i just kind of accepted that and it sounds like you're there too but yeah i mean i do accept it but i won't pretend that i don't mourn them right i do so i you know, a lot of people will say, well, you just move on. And I'm like, I'm not that kind of person. So <laughs> can I can I just obsess over it for a few days? Because I'd rather right. just do that. So that's what I'll do. I obsess over it for a few days. I'll mutter to myself. You know, my wife just has to deal with the fact that I'm going to be grumbly over something that I thought was amazing, you know, <laughs> and nobody noticed. And I'm like, fine, that's fine. And then I move on. Did so, any, yeah. of them, any of them hit you particularly hard where you're like, man, I really am sad about that one not really hitting See now, looking back, I can't think of one, but I know that there's I know that there's tons, but I can't think of one. So I guess the morning worked. Yeah, you got you got through your um, your stages of grief, and everything went everything moved on. You're all so. good now. Yeah. So um, the oh, one more video. I'm, I know I'm just I'm I'm scrolling through your catalog as I'm talking to you because there's so many in, you've done so many interesting things. The electroforming when you did the when you did the copper on the plywood with the um, Deathly Hallows pendant. Oh yeah, that was fun. What a great I'd never seen I'd never seen the process just done and explained and it was just such a fun video to watch. Like, whoa, the wood just turned into copper. That's really freaking cool. Yeah, is I that's, kinda Oh go ahead, I'm sorry. No no no, finish your thought. Is is that something you're looking to do more of and integrate into more projects? Cause I I just think it's one of the coolest things ever. I just want to see more of it. Yes, 100%. I absolutely, I I actually just bought an airbrush from my local art supply store to try to get that graphite paint on some more delicate items. Uh, So it's it's totally 100% in the works. Um, So that's interesting. Uh, Maker Fair last year, uh, May of 2019, uh, Jimmy Deresta and I were both staring at this same booth watching this process and he was talking about it and I was talking about it and I was like, I'm going to buy that. <laughs> and he's like, he's all, I'm going to buy it. And I'm like, fine, do it. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to get my video out before you. 
was like, do it. We have totally different audiences. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> so, yeah, so I actually kind of rushed that video because I thought that he was going to uh, double down and get his video out before me. You know so. where I've started? I started seeing it. <laughs> I love it. that. I've started seeing it. So when you, I've seen people that restore particularly Hot Wheels cars. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll do, um, sometimes they'll do zinc plating, but sometimes they'll do copper plating first they'll go down to like base metals and then do copper plating so that then they can do the nickel plating on top of the copper and apparently it sticks better to the copper i'm just it's just like a chemical lesson every turn i don't understand i don't fully understand the process right but i love watching it happen because you can and like you have the time lapses your next your next video you can actually watch the thing turn into copper and it's just the craziest process like Organic stuff becoming copper, wood becomes copper. Like so crazy. Yeah, it's and by the way, sp- um, airbrushing way easier the second time you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good because the first time didn't work so well, yeah. and it took me two hours to clean the airbrush. Which it takes forever to clean the airbrush. So I'm gonna give you a couple of pieces of advice that I've learned. One, get yourself an ultrasonic jewelry cleaner. It makes a huge difference in cleaning the airbrush. Put the fluid in that. Put the airbrush in that. And just run it for like a couple of minutes, and the paint just literally just flakes off it. You don't have to ever worry about cleaning it. So there's your tip of the day. Um, But number two, I had the first batch of paint I mixed. So I did a Tonka truck on my my YouTube channel, you know, because I have two videos on my YouTube channel. I I still wish you – I love that video, and you should do more. There's going to be more. I just – I'm trying – I actually found the tool I needed to to do the rest of the Tonka trucks. And I just don't have the money to spend on the yeah. tool right now. Once I get the tool, the Tonka truck army is going to be much, much, much bigger. <laughs> um, but what I learned was that the consistency of the paint is basically you almost want it to be almost water when you're using it. Like just just slightly thicker than water, like maybe like, uh, maybe like milk-ish. Hmm. And... If the thinner it is, the easier it'll go on. And you may end up having to put it on a couple of times. But I found that, you know, first I put it on, it was too thick. It was just spattering coming out. And I could, you know, you can adjust the needle too. You can pull the needle in and out and dial it in, really get it nailed down. Or you can just thin the paint. And in reality, it's much easier to just thin the paint than to try to find the perfect amount of pressure through the needle. So what I found was that the best combination that worked for me was one part thinner to one part paint and it almost works every time perfectly and you get a good if you're using just enamels you get a nice even coat it just takes practice learning you know forward and backward in and out with the button it just it's all just you know but it did get better the i did the first piece and it was a mess and then i did the second piece i was like oh that came out much better you know you just kind of learn the technique your hand starts going naturally and whatever so yeah airbrushing is airbrushing is fun Everything yeah, it seems like it would be something that would be super fun. It's a lot of fun yeah. as far as things you could do in your shop. It's a lot more fun than a rattle can. I hate rattle cans so much. And, Amen. Uh, <laughs> it's the absolute freaking worst. Rattle cans are just a disaster. They're uh, always a disaster. The paint never goes uneven. Nope. You get it all over your fingers. Uh, it, it's just the absolute, absolute freaking worst. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what you're going to do with the airbrush because – it's going to probably just be another thing that you're just going to learn, and I'm just going to go, oh, I should have known that. How did I not know that? <laughs> but, which is pretty much most of your videos, stuff that you do, like, and I go, oh, I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> well, all right, so my turn for a, a quick video is, well, 
I just thought the premise was hilarious and perfect uh, when you did the can you make a book into a hammer with Adam <laughs> Savage's Every Tool's a Hammer. Like, just that was brilliant in, in just in the concept. But uh, but yeah, the, but that actually that was the video that got me thinking about uh, the leather. So I just I love that video and I love how painful it was. Like I my wrist hurt you know as you're brushing it on brushing on page you know 300 or whatever i just i i my my forearm was cramping up just watching you do that but uh, but it was a perfect example of you just powering through and and doing it and uh yeah so i really like that video that's all thank you very much yeah that I, was yeah that was one of those that was just like this seemed like a really good idea but it was august and <laughs> oh, yeah. the sun i've got you know windows in my um garage door and so the sun was basically turning the garage into a greenhouse, <laughs> and the resin was as happy as it's ever been. It's like, oh, it's a hundred degrees. The resin right. loves a hundred degrees. Yeah, you know. And I'm just like dripping sweat, and <laughs> you know, I'm filming, and I'm like, try to stay cheerful. And then I'm editing it. I'm like, there's no cheerful parts in here. <laughs> You're just gonna have to go with grumpy old man. <laughs> but see, that's I, I I love it. It's like authentic. It's like real. You know. Yeah. I went out. It's funny. You, you did a video where you had a bunch of um, you had a bunch of watch gears in a project, and I went out that day, and I went to eBay and I just bought a big bag of watch gears because I was like, I just want to use these in every project now. <laughs> I just love that stuff. Have you have you made some jewelry with them? I I actually did. Um, I did. It's I did do a couple of pendants <clears throat> with them, and they really do just. They're perfect. They look really cool. Yeah. And they're so... What makes them fun to play with, like when you buy a bulk bag of them from eBay, it's just like every size, every color, every shape, all different, you know, different spokes inside and whatever. And they just look... In resin, when you put them in layers in the resin and there's depth between them, oh, they just they just pop like crazy. They are, <clears throat> it is a fantastic thing to work with. I really enjoy your, um, your jewelry that you've been posting. Oh. Um, I started after after we had our back and forth on Twitter. I started following you, um, and, and it's. I think you would really like the electroforming. Oh yeah, I, I, I think totally if you started electroforming some things, mm. you would get hooked on it. I I because totally it makes beautiful that. jewelry. It's funny because I didn't really have the room in my shop to set it up and leave it, but recently I just gutted the hell out of my shop. So now I do have the room, and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, if I could start electroplating like. And even wood, the wood stuff, like the wood pendants, do because I love copper. I am, yeah, I am a copper addict as far as metals to work with. I just love the way copper looks. I people like the way it looks. It looks classy as hell. If you, you can patina it, you can polish it, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. And I desperately, desperately want to start doing that. So maybe if I can, uh, maybe I'll start because Peter Brown told me I should do it. <laughs> you have a there glow forge, go. right? You have a glow forge? Or? I do have a glow forge, yeah. Yeah, because that, that was one of the things that they were doing at the place that I, it was called in, Enchanted Leaves or something. I can't remember what it was called. But th they were just taking pieces directly off the glow forge and, and electroforming them. Really? So, it, it yeah, would, yeah. It's funny because when, when you did the pendant, I was like, I actually had the thought like, oh, imagine now, because so, you obviously did it out of wood and you had to cut it and it was a little thicker. I was thinking, I, you did it with your, you did it with the CNC. Yes, but I hate the CNC. <laughs> you have the, the Carvey, right? Yes, and yeah. the CNC and I do not speak the same language, <laughs> which is I say carve it, and it says, okay, I'll do half of that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll do blow it apart. Right? <laughs> and then I'll throw it against the corners. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Stupid machine. 
Uh, at least, I'll tell you what, I'll give you credit, though. I mean, your CNC came together, but at least you got use out of yours. I actually sold mine because I never finished putting it together. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. That thing sat... Oh, by the way, I, had to, I actually had to let him know. I found an envelope of parts, and they're just belt clips, you know, just for neatening things up. But I actually found it, and I sold that thing, like, last, I don't know, last August. Oopsie. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I never got it together, and I I decided at that moment I would never buy anything as a kit ever again. Like, that was it. Kits are done for me. If it doesn't come together, I don't touch it. I don't want it. I want nothing to do with it. That's what I loved about the Glowforge. I bought it. I put it in the room. I turned it on, connected it to the Internet, and I was up and running. It took 20 minutes to get this thing from my garage to the table to running to my first print done. I was like, yeah, that's the kind of life I need to live right now. I, I agree. Right. That sounds fantastic. And that, is, and that is one of the things I was considering. And it's kind of funny you say that because I was considering between the Carvey and the Shapeoko um, Nomad uh, because you can do smaller pieces to do like jewelry stuff, obviously. That's what I would primarily be doing with it. And I'm, I've been leaning toward the Nomad, but the Carvey is, like, right there. And Easel is so nice and fun and easy to use. And I'm like, I don't know. But now I'm probably going to just go with the Nomad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really don't know. And I, I'm not good at that. I follow um, Winston Moy. Oh, God. Yeah. He makes miracles with CNC. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I always feel bad. You know, whenever I do something on the CNC, I was like, what would Winston do? He'd probably just cry right now. <laughs> well, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I watched his channel for a while, and it's just like, okay, at, at some point I just can't watch his channel anymore because he's making me just feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of those guys that are so smart that you can't help but feel stupid around him. <laughs> I, I, I knew this was going to shear the wrong way, so I just slowed down the feed rate a little bit. Just, But then I was worried I was going to get chip out. It's al- and I'm thinking, it's aluminum. He goes, but this is aluminum, and it's a little more forgiving. I'm like, oh, thank God, I at least picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I've met him a couple times in person, and he, uh, he's... Super um, critical of his own work. He's one of those guys that's just oh, hyper sure. hypercritical of his own work. And I was like, "This is magic you're doing. You just need to relax because <laughs> right. what you've done is amazing." He goes, "Oh, but look at this." I was like, "I never even saw that before you pointed to it, and um, now I, I can barely see a mistake there." Well, it's, we've we've talked about that so many times. Is that mm-hmm. we are all our worst enemy. We 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 lead by pointing out the flaws, right? Like it's a, such a weird hey, look at this human piece nature. Of crap I made isn't right. it cool. <laughs> It would have been good, except I did this or I messed this up. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. a good one. I've actually yeah. not tried that one yet. <laughs> I did. It's, it's really funny. So I did that checkerboard cutting board that I am super in love yeah. with. Yeah, and you've you been know, cranking those out. I mean, yeah, cutting there boards are out. two big ass flaws in it, and I didn't notice one of them until I took the pictures, and I'm like, I can't sell this. Then I'm looking at it. I'm like. I could sell this. I could just shut up and sell it. Just sell it. Put it up in the store. Just sell it. No one's going to look at that and go, oh, this is a deal breaker. I can't believe you sold this to me. Like, you wouldn't. There was one of the corners where I was chamfering. Apparently, there was a tiny bit of tear out that I didn't notice. But it'll drive you nuts forever. Yeah, it's, I know it's there, but I'm selling it, so I'm fine. (laughs) Do you, um, do you want to know what my knife board looks like right now? Uh oh, <laughs> it's full of knife marks. I've been using it for like two years. <laughs> right, right. I, I couldn't tell the mistakes I made from you know from what I've actually been using it for. You are a hundred percent right. You are a hundred percent right. Yeah, that's the great part of making. Um, that's a great part of making cutting boards. Is the mistake only lasts as long as the knife's going into it, right? Exactly. <laughs> 
So I think I think it's like uh, Drew Drew with his push sticks. He's like, people just have to like. He should sell them with one big score, you know, cut one out big of them. Scratch in it, yeah. right? So people actually <laughs> use them for push sticks because otherwise no one will ever use them, you know. Well, which, I'll t- which Drew? I had um, uh, Drew of uh, Fisher Shop. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. That is a very that is a very poignant thing to notice because. I bought my first new car in 2001. The first new car I ever owned. I bought it. It was a Chevy Malibu. Nice car. Beautiful car. I loved that car. And I was driving from my fiance, now wife, to my parents' house. I was driving home and a truck kicked up a, a, a nut. And the nut just ricocheted off the front hood. The car was maybe three months old. And it just put a huge, just a scratch ding and just wrecked the hood. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like this, and every time I hear someone say that when they get something new, they just want to put a gouge in it so they don't have the pressure of keeping it too precious. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not that guy. <laughs> I want it to be precious. I have a crack in the windshield of my new pickup truck that is killing me. And once the creeping crud is over, I'm going to get it fixed. But it kills me that my truck is no longer perfect because that stupid crack is in the windshield. <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So that, that cutting board is really bugging you. You have no idea. I'm itching. So I was so happy with it. And I'm looking at the pictures. I'm editing the pictures in Lightroom. I'm like, oh, the pictures came out perfect. They're, they're angled right. The white balance looks good. And I'm like, what in the hell is that? And I zoom in. I'm like crap and i actually considered going back downstairs putting it on putting it up against the oscillating belt sander just for a second just to smooth it out and then redropping it in the oil i'm like nah, that's just i'd have to refinish the whole thing it's just not worth it so i'm living with it not happily but i'm living with it <laughs> well i find i find i'm i'm fine with it for myself but if i it's something for someone else I just can't. I, if, I, I do go crazy if I'm if giving was, someone else. I think if it was bigger, I probably would have just right. sanded it and refinished it. But it's not big enough where I think anyone's going to look at it. Now every, anyone listening to this is going to go, hey, can I have a discount on that scoop yeah. checkerboard cutting board that you did? Uh, I think uh, we're at 42 minutes, so why don't we take a quick break? We'll jump out to our two sponsors now mm-hmm. because, you know, we are fancy, fancy people now. Um, and we will be right back. And we are back. Isn't it? it I'm so happy that we have a second sponsor now. It's just I know, it's great. Fun. What's funny is I'm saying we have a second sponsor, but who knows? In the future, you may listen to this and only have heard one sponsor or no sponsors. <laughs> we don't have a con- We have literally no control. All we do, pro- big secret here, all we do is we take a little break, and I edit the break into the show, and then we throw ad breaks in, and Anchor just puts ads on for us. It's like magic. It, it is. It's magic. It's money-making magic. Woo-hoo. <laughs> So as we're doing this, it's just funny thing. Former guests of the show, um, Kim and Garrett, mm-hmm. they got a Glowforge. Oh, really? Yes. I am so excited to see what they do with a Glowforge because he, when he was on, when when they were on, he was joking about how he hadn't finished his X Carve either, and how he felt like a drug dealer because of all the little plastic bags you get with it. And he finished it the following weekend, and I was like, "Wow, you're already ahead of me there, bro." Um, but yeah, so they just got a Glowforge and it was in the, uh, it was on their Instagram. I am so excited right now. I'm so excited to see what they make with it. Oh, I can't wait. I get excited for other people when they get cool stuff. I, I'm, I'm like a little kid. It's like, oh, you got something really cool. I feel like I got something really cool out of it. <laughs> All right. 
by the way, Peter, would is is you have the CNC? I know you love it very much. Is <laughs> it, is a laser is a laser in your future or? Uh, I, again, I'm a computer guy. That's what mm-hmm. I do for a living. And so, if I'm honest, I, I really don't like using the computers in the shop. Gotcha. Not because I don't find them useful. I think they're incredibly useful. Um, but I like to get away from them. <laughs> right. You know, I used to have a rule at the lathe, which was no math at the lathe. Um, <laughs> Just free form. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that makes sense, though. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I know I could do better, but it, it doesn't, it takes away my joy. And if it steals my joy, then it, it, it doesn't belong in the shop. And so sometimes spending hours in easel trying to make something look right, just, I was just like, it's not, I'm not having any fun. Well, it's, so. that's interesting because, you know, we've, we've had this running thing on the show pretty much, I mean, I've had it since the beginning and, Ethan joined in and then Ethan has the same stuff and all the guests basically with very few exceptions all the guests that we've had have had the same feeling where they have a computer-ish or computer related day job mm-hmm. and they just don't want to be dealing with computers like it's just like nope I want to I want to make stuff I want to work with my hands I want to well and there's some some kind of crazy cross I mean not crazy but there's a crossover there mm-hmm. clearly there's a like a you know, a, a mind that can work for either one, mm-hmm. but pe- but people really want to separate those two. Yeah, well, like Bob said, we're problem solvers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you do the computer stuff, but in the end, you're you're good at solving problems. So we can put you can put that personality into pretty much anything and get a problem solver that's going to solve problems in that area. And really, what you see on YouTube that I've seen anyway, and just from the people that we've talked to is that the computer people are just creative problem solvers and the stuff that they come up with, they don't look at it, all of them, and some do, but most of them that we've talked to don't look at, you know, I'm being super duper creative. It's like, no, I wanted to make this and it was just a series of problems that I needed to solve to get to the end result. It's almost like looking at making as kind of mathematical. I, I definitely can see that point of view. It's it's. It's we, 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 we've been marveling, and it was something I didn't realize until I started talking to people, just how many people just have day jobs where they're in front of screens. Right. I, I, do have a, I do have a theory about that. Go uh, for it. Which is, for me, um, I'm a computer network engineer, which means uh, I work on routers and switches, and you know, I make the internet go. Um, but basically, everything that I've done at my job for the last 15 years would go away if the power went out. Um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I mean, if the power goes out, every single thing I've done for 15 years doesn't exist. So, you know, there's this thing that you're just like, well, what what have you done then? Right. (laughs) You know, I provide a useful service. (laughs) But it doesn't really have any lasting... You want to counteract that with some tangible something, right? Yeah. You hear about um, in the... uh, Clay making. I'm sure that has a, a name other than clay making. What do they call <laughs> potters? The potter community. Apparently, there's a lot of chemists in the potter community because when you're in a chemistry lab and you mix clear liquid A with clear liquid B and get clear liquid C, it becomes kind of tedious. And they're like, okay, I'm done with clear liquids. I'd like to make something <laughs> tangible. Wow. I'll take some clay and make it into something that actually exists, you know? So I feel like it's the same kind of thing. You know, it. it I want to be able to make something I can touch. Yeah, I, makes so much sense. I know. I never thought of it that way. You're the first person that ever brought it up that way. But yeah, wow. Maybe you know. And okay, I can apply that to my own life because for the for most of my 
my professional employed life, I was doing corporate IT. And in the last two years, I've been doing product packaging design, which doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but I enjoy it so much. But why do I enjoy it so much is because when I, when the product comes in from our manufacturer and it's just, I made that box. Right. That's, that's my work. Like that's a thing. It's It's a tangible output. Yeah. I never, yeah. Peter, I think you just blew my mind, dude. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I almost feel like we should be smoking joints as we have this conversation. <laughs> That's like perfect oh. starter talk right there. It, it's, it's, I never thought of it that way, bowl. but it is. The tangibleness of it is, is pretty powerful stuff. I never thought of it that way. I always just thought of it as I don't want to look at a screen, but it's not just that. It's also the Tangible, I have yeah. something to show for my work when I'm done with this. Wow. I mean, that's what it is for me. It definitely makes me happy to have oh my God. something. Physical. Oh, no, definitely. I, I, I never thought of agree. it that way until yeah. just now. That is absolutely. See, guys, you, you listen to this show. You get some insights. That's something. <laughs> I bet you're all just sitting there going. <laughs> the wow. mind explosion uh, emoji. Well, it's also tr- it's also interesting because now I'm just thinking about it. Right. We don't even in, in our space. Right. There aren't a lot of people doing digital desktop fabrication. In, in like they were not really do, you know deeply invested in it. People have CNCs, they have lasers, they have 3D printers. Some of us have all of them, right? But I don't. Nobody that's really in our space, aside from the specialty channels like the the 3D printing nerd and like people like that, they're mm-hmm. really into 3D printing. And then you got your your Winston Moyes, who's really into CNCs. And then you got you know some people that are like I follow a couple of people that are just really all about lasers, but that, those are specialty channels, right? But if you look at the universalist thing, you don't see a lot of like, oh, I'm really into my CNC, and also I make cutting boards. Like you don't, you don't really see the crossover. Even with me, like my laser is involved in almost every project I do now, but it's just a tool, right? It's just something I use to further the project. I'm not, right. oh, I love my laser. Please give me more, more, more laser. It's not. It that's really interesting. No, it's a tool, right? It's a, yeah, it's, right. Because if unless you're really into it, you know, the people that we know tend to look at them as just tools, just another kind of tool, and it creates a tangible. Oh my God, I could. I'm gonna have to write about this because I'm just, <laughs> my mind is just spinning right now. I actually had a blog post that I was working on today, and I think I might have to scrap it and just write about this. This is okay. <laughs> I think I need a cigarette. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't we? What, you want to hit up our? Um, why don't we do the video of the week? Because this yeah, let's is, do the video of the week. Yeah. All right. So the video of the week this week is an interesting one uh, because it's not. It didn't come out this week. I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit that I wasn't watching this guy's videos, and it was a mistake, and I've since corrected it. But the video well, of the week, and, is, and uh, Peter, if you haven't been watching him, you're got you. you yeah, should. so it, yeah. it's funny that it just so happened to be it, a video of the week when we have Peter Brown, right? On, right? Totally. Um, I don't know the guy's name, but the channel is Bart. What's that? Bart. Okay, the channel is called the Komar Project, and he did a video where he made a resin table out of colored pen out of ten thousand colored pencils made it shaped like a globe, and then, as if that wasn't enough, made the coolest freaking legs I have ever seen ever in the history of table legs for this this, um, table that he made. It was just unbelievable. And what was funny is he estimated that he would need about 3,000 yeah. 3, pencils. <laughs> and he, I knew he, I knew obviously from the title of the video, you know, he uses about 10. But I'm thinking like 3,000 pencils. I'm like, 
how small is this table going to be? And he puts out this giant disc, and I'm like, no. <laughs> just, no way, dude. You have no idea. I mean, it takes like 20 pencils just to make like a bracelet. Right. You know, you're talking about, you're talking about thousands to make a table that's like big enough for three or four kids to play on. No, 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 no. I feel like, but, he, and he went through like three or four uh, times of being like, well, I need more pencils. I'm like, out of pencils. Yeah. The, then he, he comes, I love when he hit the revelation that he could just order only blue pencils yeah. from a distributor on eBay so he could finish his project. But then he did what the, the, the legs were my absolute favorite part mm-hmm. of the table because he made giant wooden legs and then he did, he actually did the, the knurl for the, for the eraser and he used rubber eraser, rubber, pink rubber as the foot material to keep the table from moving. And it's just the whole thing. And then he put the kids' names on it. It's just a perfect project. The guy is fantastic. Yeah, he's, um, he's phenomenal. So, so he, am, he is the winner of the uh, uh, Rockler Bentwood Challenge. He made the, the like, low rider bike. Yeah, or, the Bentwood Lamination Bike. Yes, unbelievable. Right. Um, so, yeah. He, he, so w- one of the cool things about at work, uh, the WorkbenchCon this year was um, – they brought like they brought some of these projects of people that won contests and stuff like that. So the bike was there, but the table Total Boat uh, sponsored that video, and so they had the table at WorkbenchCon, um, and and I so I got to see it live, and it was it's so cool. It, the the funniest thing about it is like I don't even know what the ratio is, but the ratio of uh, ocean to land uh, on the planet is exactly what he found when he was making it to your point he had to he had to buy so many more blue pencils because <laughs> there's so much more ocean versus land in the you know in the planet um but yeah so he, super and i got to meet him too he's super good guy super really really nice and so creative kind of wacky and i i mean that in the best way like he's just a he's a character so uh, yeah, so it was an awesome video, awesome project, and you, you're right. I think the the legs to the table were that kind of like the cherry on top. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming, and it would have been an awesome project anyways. But those legs, those colored penciled legs, where you could see the tip of the pencil, and then it was clear epoxy, mm-hmm. so you could kind of like it was brilliant. So. It, so much about that project, so much about yeah. that project, just screamed like this is just a perfect project, like. There was nothing about that that he could have done better or that I would have done differently. And yeah. I'm, I'm not saying like I'm some kind of expert. I don't mean it that way. Just that a lot of times I watch a project and go, okay, I would have, I, I'll take this idea and run with it. But no, I would, I would actually want to do that table like right. myself. <laughs> but it, I, I, I think the thing is, is that Peter, like, I, I think about him the same way as like you. He, he like goes after something and just goes for it. Mm-hmm. And, so- and I love it. So it's funny because I was I was at WorkbenchCon, um, and I don't know if we met there or not. No, I don't think we did, which is crazy. Which There's is a lot of people there. Um, but uh, so I was coming back from dinner, and I got locked out of the hotel. <laughs> and I ran into this stranger who was also locked out of the hotel. And we roamed around the outside of the hotel for about 20 minutes trying to find a way in. And he's like halfway through, he's like, oh, by the way... I love your videos. And I was like, oh, thank you, random stranger. And he's like, he's like, I make videos too. I was like, oh, cool. What do you make? And he starts telling me. And I was like, you're the guy that makes... So I actually... He and I got locked out of the hotel together and had a 30-minute walk. 
And um, I actually subscribed to him because, you know, I handed him my phone. I was like, find me your channel and subscribe because right. I, I want to follow you. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. So, so I know that guy. We, we were locked out together. That's awesome. <laughs> How'd you end up getting into How the How did we not meet, Peter? God. I have no idea. I had... Um, my thing is when I go to events, I try to have long conversations yeah. with people. So if someone starts talking to me, um, they're pretty much locked into a conversation for an hour, <laughs> which that means that I only like get to talk thing. to like 10 no. or 15 people. I like, I don't like the, you know, the, Hey, the how casual. you doing? Nice to see you. You know, I'd rather find out what they're into and what they like. And yeah, it's more enjoyable. So if you meet me, just know you're. You should go to the bathroom before we talk. <laughs> <laughs> or just, just as long as you don't talk to me in the bathroom, I think we'll be fine. I think please, everything will please be Please don't ever do that. <laughs> well, we've heard my Ben Ueda story, so. <laughs> we sure have. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, want to do some, uh, some things of the week? Absolutely. Do you want to? I'll tell you what. Let's be polite and let our guest go first. Go for it. So this is the part where I say the thing that I like. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm well prepared. Um, I by uh, accident. <laughs> in 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 quarantine, I have binge watched um, uh, the Repair Shop on Netflix, and it is my favorite Netflix show right now. Um, and and that would be my my suggestion for anyone who would rather watch something enjoyable than listen to the news, I would say focus on uh, on this show. Um, what it is is basically a British television show, and um, I don't even know how to describe it. They basically repair things that matter to people. So somebody brings in um, a record player that belonged to their grandfather that hasn't worked for 15 years, you know, 20 years, 30 years, and it's been up in a, in a, uh, an attic and they bring it in in shambles and they don't talk about the value of the object or, or what it's worth or any of that. They just talk about the sentimental reasons why they want this repaired. And then that person leaves and we watch this object be repaired by an expert in that field. And over the course of the hour, um, they do multiple objects. They do teddy bears. They'll do an old clock. And we get to see these individuals repairing things, you know. And if, if the clock needs some woodwork, then they'll go from the woodworking station over to, um, you know, the clockwork station. And there's a different person at each. And they, they're all so pleasant and happy. It's like the opposite of a competition show. You know, where a competition <laughs> show is like, Sherry's the worst, and the way she does things is awful, and her knife skills are garbage. You know, they're just like, hey, how you doing? Did you want some more tea? Yes. Can you check out my veneer work? Oh, you did such a good job. I, I don't know. It's just like... Building up versus breaking it down. It is. You know, yeah. and, and, and it, it's one of those things that we only do in kindergarten. And then, like, at some point in our life, we're like, competition's important. <laughs> And I I understand that it is, but it would be really sweet if people were nicer to each other. (laughs) I don't don't like watching shows where where it's all just backstabbing somebody. Um, And so I kind of got hooked on this repair shop. And I I watched all um, two seasons in probably a day and a half. I wrote it down because I'm watching that tomorrow. So got to figure out a way to watch it in the U.S. other than the first two on Netflix. There's got to be the other three seasons have got. Maybe it's time. It might be on the BBC. I mean, you might be able to go to the BBC website. I I don't know. Oh, there's more than two seasons. There's five seasons on the BBC. 
but mm-hmm. I don't know if you I don't know if an American can watch BBC television. I mean, with with the right software, you could you can make it happen. It. <laughs> we could talk about that offline. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> we um, there's a, a certain sponsor that has sponsored every damn video on YouTube for the last couple of years. It would probably work really well for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really cool. I love, I love. I'm I'm a sucker for anything that involves restoration. Um, I've gotten down the rabbit hole of watching Matchbox restoration like mm-hmm. videos and Hot Wheels restoration videos and Tonka truck restoration videos. And it's all I want to watch. Like I'll sit there and I will watch them for hours and hours and hours and not get bored. Like I just love the the process of you know taking something that's just been beat to hell and just bringing it back to life. And well, I I, can, see, I watched I watched this one video from this guy. Uh, I think his name is uh, Vincent. Oh. Uh, on uh, Tonka truck restoration, oh, really? yeah, and no, he sounds like phenomenal. a really, he sounds like a really good looking guy, <laughs> <laughs> really like super good looking, like excellent, like beyond comprehension. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting you know, just telling you, telling it like it is, you know. <laughs> but I have so there's a tool, there's a tool that that they use in Tonka truck restoration, and I swear to you, I was sitting there, we were watching a video. And this guy was apparently not from the U.S., so he put subtitles on his video. And he used the tool, and I'm like, I, I, I said to Beth, I was like, damn it, I need that tool, and I don't know what it's called. And he wrote underneath, Pintanka tool. And I'm like, my God, he wrote the name of it, and I Googled it, and I found the tool. It was like, I don't believe it. this tool exists. I can buy this tool. I finally know what it is. So the tool that has been keeping me from all those Tonka trucks that I bought, that box of Tonka trucks that I now have, this is the tool I need to do them the right way. The one I did, some people have actually said that they think that my resto is missing a part. Really? Be- because the rivet in the front, is it's a pop rivet, like your typical pop gun pop rivet that you would use for everything else. Mm-hmm. And there's a hole in the front. And that's because it's a pop rivet. You pull the pin through. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, it looks like you, you're, you're missing, like, a part for that truck. I'm like, no, it's just a pop rivet. I didn't have the ones with the top on it. Turns out there's a tool for Tonka trucks to make them look original. And you just buy this one thing, and it's a clamp with a head in it, and it crushes the rivet. It's called a pin Tonka tool. I didn't know this thing existed, but now I do, and now I'm going to be getting one. That's a great <laughs> so, name, pin Tonka. Why is it, yeah, why is it giving me... Um Kevin Costner, Patonka. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, where did I see? I think I, I think I, the only place that I ended up finding it was Amazon. Yeah, Pentonka Rivet Tool. There it is. It's on. It is on Amazon. You can. Well, th- these aren't it. It's funny. It gave me the right answer, but then showed me the wrong tool. <laughs> no, no. I should have bought it when I saw it. Oh well. I guess I'll have to find it again. But it does exist. It's called a Pentonka Rivet Tool. Go figure. All right, Ethan, you want to give us uh, your pick of the week? Absolutely. So my pick of the week is kind of a random one for me. Um, but so I just I dropped a, a post on uh, Instagram tonight. So I was at going back to WorkbenchCon. Uh, I was at WorkbenchCon and I met um, in person Gavin of Shopcat uh, on Instagram. And we were at a session together and we were sitting there and we were taking notes and, you know, writing writing things down and he turned he turned to me and he's like you know what we should do a collaboration we should do a pen collaboration so lots of people do you know uh turn pen blanks right and so the front and the back of the pen are both pieces of wood and his idea was all right we're i'm gonna do two 
and you're gonna do two. So I'm gonna do two wood ones and you're gonna do two leather ones and uh, leather blanks and we'll ship them to each other and we'll make we'll do a collaboration pen project. Um, and so we did that and it was super fun. But the uh, thing of the week is the Rockler Slimline Pen Kit because I, I got that thing. I've never done anything with pens. I've never made a pen in my life. And uh, I got that thing and it was super simple. Like it was really, really straightforward and the results were fantastic. Uh, so we made these pens and yeah, I, I, I just thought it was a really, really cool thing. So even if you don't turn, you can make a pen using these kits. You can wrap them in leather or anything. I think you could wrap them in like leather, uh, in um, like paper mache. Like you could do anything and make kind of a cool pen out of these Rockler pen kits. So that's my thing of the week. And you picked the slimline one, which is kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it was, it, that was uh, that was Gavin's choice, but uh, but I like I like the look of it. It's very slim. I, there, I mean, I would make there's things I would tweak as always with every project, but uh, but yeah, I was pretty happy with how it came out. Cool. I'm actually gonna before I give you my pick, I'm actually gonna talk about pens real quick for a second because I'm holding in my hand the single nicest oh, pen yes. that I own right that now. Was, yeah. So. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was when I was cleaning out my shop and organizing my scraps and all that, I found a piece of a cutting board that I made, and I cut a piece of it off. And I had that cut-off piece, and I'm like, one day I'm going to do something really cool with this. And then when I found it in my shop, I'm like, I know what I want to do with this. I want to give it to Justin at Bare Naked and have him make me another pen. Because I bought a pen from him a couple of weeks ago, and it's I think it's white oak, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful pen. I love it. I use it. I was using it every day. And I was like, you know, I wonder if he can turn this into a pen for me. And it was purple heart, marble wood, maple, and walnut. That's how many different woods are in this tiny little piece. It's absolutely just the most exceptionally beautiful little piece of wood. So I sent it to him. I said, listen, I need you to make this for me, but it needs to take this one kind of pen cartridge. And you can take all the time you need to find it, but I, I want it to use this. I wanted it to use the Fisher Space Pen cartridges because I love the Fisher Space Pen cartridges. You know, you don't have to think about them. They write on everything. They write upside down, whatever. You're always and upside down writing, I know. I know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I like writing in space. What can I say? <laughs> so I sent, he tells me a couple of days later, he's like, yep, I can definitely find that for you. No problem. And he got it. And Saturday morning, right after Morley's um, meetup, mm-hmm. I got the pen. And this thing is... It is absolutely gorgeous. I have a, I had a picture of it on my story. I might take a couple of beauty shots of it. It's just such a beautiful pen. It he is. I, I saw your story. It was it's, phenomenal. It's stunning. It, it, when I saw it, I opened it, and I just smiled like a million miles wide. Yeah. So here's the thing, guys. Bear Naked, one of the things that he does make, he's a friend of the show. He's been on the show. Um, one of the things that he does is he makes pens. <clears> so <throat> check out BearMaked.com, B-E-A-R-M-A-K-E-D.com. And uh, check out what he's got as far as pens go. I think you'd be pretty happy with it, and you might want to actually place an order or two because he really does make some beautiful. I have two of his pens right here, and they're both beautiful. The, the craftsmanship is stunning. They're really well made. They're, it's just wonderful, wonderful work. So, well, and yeah. so he reached out today uh, after I did my post, and he was like, uh, he was like, I, I was thinking about how I could, if I could use leather and I was like, oh, let's do something. So he's, he wants to do something different, obviously, which I respect because that's who Justin is, mm-hmm. uh, different. And so I hope, I hope he reaches out and figures something out. Cause I think it'd be fun. It'd be, I don't know. He's got a, he's got a great creativity, 
yeah. that I think we could come up with something with leather and pens. I actually, I actually am going to. I have another cutoff that I did from the checkerboard cutting board, and I'm going to give it to him and just say, "Here, make something pretty with this." Right. I'll buy that one from you too. Same <laughs> hardware. I want, I want nothing but this hardware in every pen. But yeah, he did a really good job on yeah, it. Yeah, it was beautiful. And he's not even my pick of the week. Can you believe it? <laughs> my thing of the week is okay. So. Obviously, we're all trying to not go out of the house. I mean, <laughs> trying to not go out as much as possible, which is definitely something that will drive you crazy if you try hard enough. Um, I used to be a Stamps.com customer. I've, we've talked about it. I ended up switching to Pirate Ship because I figured $18 a month for Stamps.com when they provide pretty much nothing of value beyond what Pirate Ship does, it's not worth it. And I, I will stand by that. I don't think Stamps.com is worth it at $18 a month. I just don't. Because you still have to buy your postage. The discount rate is the same on Pirate Ship. Everything on Pirate Ship is the same. It's just with Pirate Ship, you prepay for your postage. So I ship everything with Pirate Ship. But the one difference between Pirate Ship and the difference between Pirate Ship and Stamps.com is that you cannot do first-class letter postage with um, pirate ship. It can only, you can only do packages and that sucks because sometimes, you know, I know it's current year and everything, but you do need to send a letter out every now and then. And I had some guys, um, that were waiting for stickers from me and I felt like a dumbass because I had to go to the post office. And frankly, you guys all know my situation. I'm not going to repeat it for the millionth time, but I don't feel comfortable going out unless I really, really need to right now. It just doesn't seem like something I should be doing. So I, I, I started, I got in the mail this weekend. I got a thing from stamps.com saying, Hey, why don't you come back business owner? We'll give you nine free stamps. I'm like, okay, let's see. I look and it's nine free stamps. If you sign up for a year, I'm like, screw you. I'm not doing this. So I was like, there's gotta be a way to do postage without signing up to stamps.com. And I found a way there's a, a website called orangemailer.co. I know this sounds like the most generic nothing. Nobody's ever heard of it, right? So Orange Mailer will allow you to do the same things that Pirate Ship does, or you can actually print first-class postage. And it's like, what? Yep, you can do your envelopes this way. So what, you, what I've been doing is I use number 10 envelopes for pretty much everything, which are like 4 by 9 inches, somewhere around there. The four by six labels in my thermal printer fit right on the face of the envelope perfectly. So you print them on your thermal printer, you slap them on the envelope, the postage comes out on it, it's got the, the barcode that the postal service slaps on it, your return address, your sending address, everything looks super duper professional. It takes seconds. And here's the upside. You do have to prepay for your postage, but you can prepay as little as $10. You don't have to subscribe monthly. And they'll just deduct the postage till your balance runs out, and then you have to add more. Or you can do a subscription plan with them where you'll get the discounted rates. I'm not using them for packages. I'm only using them for first-class postage. So it doesn't make sense for me to do anything but what I'm doing. If it's 50 cents, it's 50 cents. But if you're trying to do your postage for letters and you don't want to go to the post office to buy stamps or you don't want to go out and buy stamps or you just don't have any stamps handy... This is a really, really good way. And I'm pretty sure that you could print directly on an envelope. I don't see why not. You could probably print directly on an envelope with the barcode and the address and all that and just not have to even use labels. I use labels because I'm lazy. But 
I think this is a really good service. And like I said, you don't have to commit. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to get locked in for a year. It's, it's worth it. If you ship a lot of stuff, if you're just looking for postage, take a look at it. And it's going to, obviously, the link will be in the show notes. Okay. So, Peter, what are we... You want to tease anything that you got coming up? Any projects you're working on? Anything that uh, we should be on the lookout for? I... I, I literally never know what I'm doing next. <laughs> and that's why I love. Yeah, that's this awesome. Is, this is that's the most Peter Brown answer that I can I'm get s- to a Peter Brown question. <laughs> so sorry. It's just a, as much a surprise for me as it is for you. <laughs> that's probably that's probably that's honestly one of the reasons your videos are so enjoyable. I I like one of the things I like that you do and this is, I think, this is just your personality. I also think it's a product of go, not really going into it with anything but a basic plan. Is when something works and you're genuinely excited about <clears throat> it, it really does come through in the videos. Like, right? Well, that worked. <laughs> like you Shock. almost, you're almost surprised. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely am. So the your uh, does your your channel name um, does that have any special significance? Oh. Um. Kluge? Yeah, Kluge 77. Does that so, mean anything? Yeah, so Kluge is a computer term, mm-hmm. and it basically is the equivalent of saying, oh, I Mickey Mouse that, or mm-hmm. I did that with bailing wire. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was a kid, uh, a kid, uh, when I was 15, I got my very first email account, which was kluge at packbell.net, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've been Kluge ever since. So whenever I sign up for some, if you find a kludge out on the internet, um, a good good possibility is it's me. Wow. Yeah. So you're, it's just you were the only ter- you're one of the few people I've ever heard use that word other than myself. So it was. It was yeah, really, I have no idea what that. I yeah. saw it. and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew what you did. By the way, I knew what you did just because I saw your your name. I was like, oh, that's an I that's a computer guy right there. I didn't yeah. even know what you did, but I knew what you did. You know what I mean? <laughs> I totally know what you mean. <laughs> so yeah. you're secret how, handshake. <laughs> the last question, the absolute last question I'm going to ask you, um, your house, your house, yes. how much tech is throughout your house? Is it one of those, are you one of those crazy, like I have Ethernet jacks in every wall and I'm crazy about it, or are you the opposite where your house is basically running on candles and fire and like animal skins? Oh, I see. So yeah, <laughs> are you, right. I see what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm definitely um, somewhere, somewhere in the middle, I think. Uh, I, I'm... Uh, I like I like computers because I like to play video games. Mm-hmm. So um, and I I want everybody in the house to have their own computer so that they don't touch mine. Yes, yes, um, that, would, that um, saved I, my marriage. Yes, I, I just think a communal computer is a yeah a great it's a great way to just start fights. So <laughs> yeah, so my my kids have their own computer and my wife has her own computer and. That's all I care about. So if anyone else needs other electronics, then, you know, they can negotiate that with my wife. Uh, if they need an iPad or an iPhone or whatever, I don't care. As long as they have a basic computer, I feel like I've done my job as a network guy. So um, I, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. We, so, when, yeah. I, when I first got married, we had one computer. That was not a good idea. It was just like, and that was the last time we ever had one computer. It was always like, I at least had a laptop. Because it's like, nope, 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 that's not going to work. I am not going to be a one computer house. I'd be a, I'll be a one TV house, no problem. I, I, that TV, if ninety percent of the time is watching something on Apple TV or Amazon anyway, so whatever. But yeah. 
hell no am I not going to be a one computer house Absolutely. Ever. And if anybody touches my desktop, there's there's something happened. You know how they always make the dad <laughs> mm-hmm. jokes about the thermostat? That's my mm-hmm. desktop. Like, somebody's somebody's Dude. touched my desktop. You've moved it's a on. file. Not, not only are we not a one computer house, I am not a one computer person. <laughs> right. Like, I can't even get it down to one for me. <laughs> like, no, that, that's just not going to work. I am, I am so glad that I finally, after all this time, I finally got to talk to you. I feel like I'm... Absolutely. I feel, I feel like I've known you forever, but I'm just now finally getting to have a conversation with you, which is kind of silly because I, you seem much more approachable than I ever... You, you know, it's funny. My first interaction with you, you actually... Um, you said something to me on the I Like to Make Stuff Facebook group once. Hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, Peter Brown talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is, I get, I, I, I was telling Ethan one day, I was like, I don't get starstruck, but I do right. get impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, wow, Peter Brown liked something I wrote. That was really freaking cool. Well, if my, my, my takeaway is office, that. Okay, sorry. No, I was just going to say, if anybody at my office ever thought, that there were people out there that were <laughs> impressed enough to like want to talk to me, they would be <laughs> flabbergasted. You'd never hear the end of it either. They would just be like, who the heck do you think you are? I'm like, <laughs> nope, nobody. Do you want me <laughs> to clear your print queue? <laughs> well, I was I'm just going to say, I hope, Brown. <laughs> I hope next year, I'm just going to all night at Workbench kind of just keep walking outside the hotel, hoping that I get locked out so I can uh, <laughs> meet you and talk to you. So. Yeah, I'm definitely. I I can't wait for WorkbenchCon next year. I I I know I punted this year was for a good reason, but next yeah. year I will be there next year. It's so funny. I've had two years in a row. First year was cancer. Second year was depression. It's like okay, look, just come go. on. Yeah. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> yeah, my my wife kicked me out of the house for WorkbenchCon because I, I I'm you know. Uh, a higher functioning agoraphobic, which is why quarantine's actually pretty easy for me. Mm, yep. <laughs> um, Introverts yeah, of the world unite. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So she's just like, you need to go out and see people. I was like, <laughs> okay. So I booked you a flight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I've, I've said so many times about WorkbenchCon. It's like, it's this weird conference of introverts that like <laughs> all the introverts combined are like, are okay they all of a sudden you can talk to people it's like it's a weird weird thing yeah. i don't know well i i always tell i always tell ethan that i am like so impossibly shy you can't even comprehend how shy i am but then like if i get into a group like or i get on the mic and i'm talking to a guest it's like oh yeah no it's just a conversation everything's right. fine but leading up to it oh no i am it's like, like anxiety oh, yeah maybe the world will end and i won't have to do this to <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> everything everything maybe this virus will get everybody and they'll put everybody on lockdown and cut all the power to the entire country and then i could just take them no oh they didn't okay i gotta do this oh i'm uh, fine <laughs> yeah yeah totally <laughs> so peter why don't you um Tell people where they can find you on the uh, on the old interwebs. Oh, um, I mean, honestly, if you just go onto YouTube and type in Peter Brown, I think I'm the uh, the first hit on there. I think you mm-hmm. are, yes. But I mostly just tell people to do a search for gummy bear axe. So <laughs> that's honestly the easiest or, way to find me. Or a cereal me. bowl made out of cereal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you are the first Peter. You are the first Peter Brown, and you have a verified check mark. Woo-hoo. Wow! Which means you are really Peter Brown, just like I'm really Vincent Ferrari. It's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> That's nice. It's nice to have that little check mark. It's authority. <laughs> you, you want to piss people off, by the way? So I tell you a funny story. I got that check mark with when Google was doing the verification with your driver's license years ago, and I just kept my YouTube channel. 
well, now you have to have a certain amount of viewers. You have to have a certain amount of videos. So people, I go into comment sections, I type stuff, and the first comment reply is almost always, how the hell did you get the check mark? You have no followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my problem is if you search my name, it, it comes up with the uh, video, the computer game of the vanishing Ethan Carter or the pro wrestler. The wrestler. Okay. Yeah, yep. one of the two, so... Oh, yeah, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. I didn't even know there was a game called... Look at that. Yeah. Holy crap, it's yep. all that until, like, the sixth video. Then it's Ethan Carter and Rockstar Spud. Oh. Yeah, yep. Oh, uh, the good old days. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much yeah, for Yeah, thank you, Peter. Really that was a blast. It. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I hope... I, I, can't, I can't wait to have you on again because I feel like there's so much stuff we can talk about. Totally. It's, just, it's so much fun to just finally talk to you and pick your brain for a little bit and find out that you are... Oddly enough, just like you said, you are exactly the person that you Absolutely. are in your videos, which is like kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> well, and, and and I can't wait. I hope you do some uh, resin leather work, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna chat with you, man. Y'all should collab. Definitely. Yeah. This is current year. You should collaborate. Come on, let's yeah. go. Make let's it happen, it. boys. <laughs> <laughs> And that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, we could really use some uh, sharing love right now because I don't know what's going on, but apparently in the middle of a global pandemic, people aren't listening to podcasts. People aren't Gosh. driving. <laughs> that, you know, everybody keeps saying that, that people yeah. just aren't commuting, and that's killing it. But mm -hmm. we could use the listens. We could use the love. So, you know, if you find it in your heart to share the show, we would really, really appreciate it. We could use the... Uh, we could use the ears. We like ears. Lots and lots of ears. And no, we're not an universal soldier. That's just creepy. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. We will be back again next week, and it will probably be just Ethan and I, just like old times. <laughs> Until then, have a great week. Bye.